Wild Enrichment is independently owned and claims no affiliation to any zoo, aquarium, or other animal care institutions. All of the information and opinions communicated through this podcast, wildenrichment.com, and affiliated social media accounts are based on my own opinions and experiences and are not in any way reflective of the opinions of my employers, past or present. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast, a podcast about zoos, aquariums, animal enrichment, and everything in between. I'm your host, Kyle Benton-Jones, zookeeper, animal lover, enrichment builder, and creator of wildenrichment.com. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to be actually doing our first interview uh, style podcast. So our guest today is Caitlin Gordon-Hall. She's been a zookeeper for about 16 years and she is actually the founder of Zoo Creepers, a very popular Facebook group where uh, zookeepers from all over the world get to uh, talk and discuss different uh, zookeeper related topics. Uh, It's become very, very popular. Um, She founded Zoo Creepers in 2013 and at the time of this recording, uh, Zoo Creepers had about 16,000 members um, with about 3,000 posts a month on the group. So pretty impressive there. Uh, Caitlin joins us uh, via Skype. So please enjoy. Okay. Well, hello, Caitlin, and welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Hi. Um, so... Uh, we're just here today to talk about you a little bit and a little bit about Zoo Creepers, the um, Facebook group, the famous Facebook group that you started uh, several years ago. Uh, before we were talking, you said you started it 16 years ago. Oh, sorry. You said you started it in 2013, so seven years ago, uh, which is uh, pretty amazing. Um, so, uh, like how and why did you start Zoo Creepers? What's the whole uh, story behind that for people that don't know? Um, so I've been at the same facility for my whole career, and um, I didn't really know many other zookeepers uh, from other facilities uh, where I live or anywhere. Um, so I wanted to connect with other keepers just to get fresh ideas, um, enrichment, training, and um, to kind of reconnect with animals that we'd shipped out that I'd become close to uh, and just sort of create a community where um, these people could interact with each other um, regularly, help each other and support each other in the community. Yeah, that's really cool. I never actually thought about the whole um, uh, when you ship animals out, uh, still getting to contact those uh, zookeepers that are now taking care of them. That's pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool aspect of it as well. It definitely seems like it's doing everything that you uh, had wanted it to. Um, what has been uh, the best part about starting it? Um, probably, well, besides getting all of the knowledge that I've acquired since starting it, um, the friendships with people that have been created um, with keepers from all over the world. And I've met quite a few of them in person so if I'm at a conference or something and I'm wearing a name tag everybody uh, recognizes me and comes up to me and wants to introduce themselves and thank me for creating the group 
Um, so that's really cool. All of the people I've met from all over and are in contact with sometimes on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. Those of you that don't know Caitlin, uh, I've known her for a little while and she knows absolutely everybody in the industry. It seems like every single person uh, or every single facility uh, that I've ever mentioned, uh, she always has a contact there. So that's uh, you're in a pretty cool spot to be able to be really uh, well connected with uh, just about everybody in the industry, at least in North America, it seems anyway. Yep. Um, yeah. Have you have you found any kind of negatives to starting it at all, or has it pretty much all been a great uh, a great time and a lot of fun? I'd like to say that it's been completely positive. Um, but the biggest problem, I guess, has been that people online, keyboard warriors, they will say things uh, that are unkind about um, their zookeepers or their facilities. And because they're hiding behind a keyboard, we'll not think about how this may impact certain individuals. Um, we are all very passionate people, so people can also be uh, passionately. Um, negative about certain right. things. Um, so, yeah, that's just seeing the bad side of people come out um, online and we really try to keep on top of it. We have uh, five or six admins from all over the world that try to watch the posts like 24 hours a day. And anything that is reported or messages that are sent to the admins, we try to get on right away and resolve whatever the issue is. Um, whether it's just telling someone to play nice or having to block somebody entirely or delete posts. Um, it's all decisions that are made um, with, within a group of us. And we try to consider everybody's, um, everybody's opinion on, on what should happen. Right. Yeah. Cause I've definitely noticed that uh, being in the industry myself is, um, you know, it's, it's one of those industries that there's a lot of passion uh, you're dealing with animals that you are really passionate about and that you really you really love and care for so a lot of the times that people don't necessarily mean uh bad things when they kind of are getting getting at each other and stuff like that but it's mainly uh just because they really are passionate about what they're what they're doing and the animals they're working for and they are really just we're all kind of in this for the same reasons we all want the animals to kind of be under the best conditions as possible and make the best decisions that are going to make them the happiest. So I've definitely noticed that in my own career. So I'm sure uh, when you're dealing with, um, you know, 16, 17,000 people, it uh, definitely, and the whole internet side of it may it really makes ex exasperates these, uh, these sort of feelings and what people think is okay to say to each other. So um, yeah. that's cool that you guys are staying on top of it uh, so much because yeah, some of these groups get a little bit carried away sometimes. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so as mentioned before, you're one of the best connected keepers I know, potentially the best connected keeper. Um, so do you have any advice for keepers on how to network, you know, besides starting their own, uh, zoo creepers? Um, I mean, just go to, if you can go to conferences, that's great. If your facility will help you pay for them or whatever, meeting people in person, and then just talk to like literally every person you can at that conference. Um, try to remember names and take cards and whatever else. And then I basically just did a lot of, um, a lot of searching on like Instagram using hashtags. So say I want to work, I want to talk to other people who work with muskox who may have 
you know, use the hashtag muskox in one of their posts. Well, that's a good way to find people who work with muskox or um, hashtag sloth or something like that. So I would just start by like searching for people who are into the same type of species that you are or the same causes you're into and then trying to connect with them and maybe be able to help each other or build something together. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that, um, uh, like as a keeper, I feel like putting yourself out there, uh, and just trying to create something that you're passionate about is definitely, um, one of the most important things to kind of becoming more connected. Uh, I've noticed that with, uh, like wild enrichment when, uh, like, as you said, with hashtags and stuff like that, it's really easy to find people that are, um, you know, passionate about the same things as you, or, you know, if you're looking for sloth enrichment, hashtag sloth, um, searching that like going from there messaging those people if you like what they do even leaving a comment on one of their instagram posts is a great way of uh just starting a conversation with somebody because then it might move to your uh, dms and then you can uh, start trading information and stuff like that but i feel like zoo creepers has really made it a lot easier for people uh, instead of just they have a center a kind of a central place that they can go online they can uh you know you see all the time like people asking for um, how do you say uh, care for your servals at your facility and and they get a th literally thousands sometimes of comments of just people uh, giving them advice and stuff like that so it's an awesome uh, sort of resource for uh, that kind of stuff as well so it's definitely definitely turned into kind of a resource for uh, uh, zookeepers or just around the world so that's pretty cool yeah, and that's part of the reason that I started it, because not all people can go to conferences. They either don't have the funds themselves or they don't work at a large facility that can sponsor them. Um, so those people can still just get on their phone or um, whatever and just uh, start looking stuff up and making their own contacts. Um, that's kind of one of the ideas I had because I mess met so many great people at an AZAC conference. And then I thought, hey... If I had some kind of platform to meet people, I could have done this not in person, thinking about all my coworkers who were missing out because they were back home and I was at this conference. So, um, yeah, it just, um, it works. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's it's cool because it's kind of like an, an, a constant online conference. You know, you have all the collaboration that would be happening at a conference, but it's kind of happening every single day. Um, kind of online and like you said you're getting around 3,000 posts a month which is pretty insane um, yeah. so it's it's uh, yeah it's definitely definitely very at not only is it a great resource but the people are very very active on it so if you do ask questions then people are going to get back to you uh, which is yeah. pretty cool uh, you, you've mentioned conferences a few times is there any in particular that you would recommend uh, people go to uh, for networking and kind of just general uh, knowledge I really enjoy AZAT conferences because I really like meeting people. Um, but if there's anything specific about a certain species, I would go to something more geared at a specific type of animal. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the AZAC seems like it's a really cool uh, uh, conference to just to kind of meet people and get some great general knowledge. Um, so uh, since you've been a keeper for so long, what has been your favorite animal to work with so far? That is a very difficult question because I've worked with so many different animals. Uh, it would be the muskox for me. Um, nice. I'm also very eclectic, so I also <laughs> really love birds. Yeah. I've worked with lots of different kinds of birds. 
Um, I've also worked with polar bears. I also love polar bears. I love seals. I love a lot of different animals, but I would say um, the muskox are my favorite. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with muskox being one of the most surprising one that surprised me uh, just at how much I would uh, really, really like them. And uh, I, I definitely, definitely get um, what you're saying with the muskox. They're pretty amazing. Yeah. So um, what animal have you worked with uh, that's kind of changed the way you do your job? Um, that's a tough one. I wouldn't say any animal specifically, but I would say more so um, the relationships that I have formed with particular animals. Um, one of the main things is probably just really always going with your gut, what your gut is telling you about animals, especially ones that you work with every single day. Um, you're usually right because you spend the most time with those animals more than than vets or managers. And if you notice something is a little bit off, it usually is. So that in the beginning, I was more likely to go ask somebody else their opinion. But if I'd been the one working with that animal, I needed to just trust that I knew best. So that's probably the one thing that that um, that changed the way I did my job. I had to yeah, get Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it generally yeah. is more about the individual and connecting with specific individuals than the actual kind of species you're working with um, yeah, a lot trust, of the time. Just trusting that um, you know your animals, trusting your own abilities and just being confident um, right. in what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it can take a little while to actually really be uh, confident about a specific a specific animal and um so working with them for a long time kind of reinforces all that for sure. Well, exactly. And most animals that you're going to start working with, someone else has been their main keeper for however many years. So once you're sort of taking over, you don't want to just rely on their opinion of everything with regards to that animal. You want to find your own group right. with them, you know, form your own relationship and then, um, yeah, just be able to, to read them yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the, it's great when an animal has kind of more like a lot of kind of main keepers for that reason because you know they get a lot of different angles and there's a lot of different people uh kind of with wearing different hats looking at them every single day and uh trying to solve problems different ways and um that can be an awesome thing for the animal it can also uh be kind of a stressful thing for the keeper because again as we were talking about earlier a lot of people are uh very very passionate and they don't necessarily need to always be right, but they often think of, you know, what they're saying is best for the animal. So it's definitely, um, uh, it's hard to sometimes work in teams like that, but I think it is really beneficial for animals to have, uh, sometimes a lot of people looking and looking over them at the same time. Yeah. I think it's good for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so what is your favorite thing about, uh, the job? about being a, zoo, a zookeeper? Again, it would be the connections that you make with the animals. And um, yeah, like it never, it never gets old. And it, uh, it's always humbling to be sitting, eating breakfast with a polar bear or something, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. It's just always the coolest job in the world. Yeah. No, and I think, I think, you know, uh, sometimes when you do it so often, you kind of, forget about how cool just kind of day-to-day -day life is for you um 
But, you know, when you talk to somebody that necessarily isn't in the industry or you say bring somebody behind the scenes and you get to see how how amazed they are, you realize like you get kind of a refresher on how like amazing your job is. So, yeah, I would definitely definitely agree with that. But yeah, yeah, it's not like you said, it doesn't get old. It's always it's always really just cool. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. It's hard to say any other word besides just cool, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of your favorite thing, but what, uh, what do you find the hardest part about the job is? Um, honestly, um, the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to with other people uh, people who become zookeepers are not always people people they're animal people and animal people are wonderful um, in our own way but not always the best at dealing with each other so right. I would say for sure um, that's that's and not the public I mean I mean other zookeepers and big opinions and yeah. and things like that. yeah as much as I love other zookeepers <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, there. Well, yeah, as we mentioned a couple times, it's it makes it hard to kind of work in teams a lot of the time just because of the strong opinions and everybody kind of going at it from, you know, different angles and being uh, kind of looking out for the better of the animal. It can get it can get pretty tough to cohesively yeah. be a team sometimes for sure. Exactly. Uh, and and yeah. the animal's always in the center of all the, the politics going on on around them right yeah and i find it hard to because because it is a living animal it's hard to uh it's not just like a you know an assignment that your boss gave you and you can't just like go home and clock out and do the paperwork later you really have to like this is a living animal and even though you're not at the zoo they're still there so their problems or their all these solutions are kind of they have to live with them day to day so uh, yeah it's something that kind of weighs on you a lot more than a lot of other jobs would Oh, you definitely take it home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so if you could go back to the beginning of your career, what would you have told yourself? What would you have changed about the way you just, you were a zookeeper? Or what, what would have you have told yourself? Um, I may have warned myself about how much, um, how emotional this job actually is. Um, I mean, I knew that going into it, obviously you get close to the animals, but I didn't really realize um, how much and how much you take this job home with you and how it can become um, like your entire, your entire life, basically. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess my advice would be find other hobbies and find friends outside of your zoo. Right. Yeah. You know, other things to focus on, because when times get really tough um, or you're not able to do your job all the time, um, then that's where you get kind of lost within yourself. Um, so, yeah, I would I would kind of warn myself to try to keep it more at, at an arm's length if I could. But um, obviously that did not happen with me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're a passionate zookeeper for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely tough. Uh, I think what you said there, uh, kind of having other hobbies or things that aren't related to kind of animal care and stuff is, uh, huge for kind of 
getting your head out of your job and kind of not taking work home with you as much. So I definitely, I definitely agree with uh, that advice for sure. Right. And, um, for the most part, it's a very physical job. So if, you know, you're not, um, invincible. So if you do break down, you know, you're going to need, you're going to need a backup plan. You may need another career later. So don't, you know, set yourself. So your job is your entire life. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, what are your future plans for, uh, zoo creepers? Like what, uh, like you've built this amazing group and it's kind of doing what you have, um, what you kind of, what your goals were for it. Uh, what do you have any other plans for it or, uh, direction that you want to take it? Um, I thought about that a bit. I'm not entirely sure. So I don't want to, um, you know, get everybody really excited about something. Um, that may not happen. I would like to see more, um, I don't even call them mini conferences, but more meetups um, between keepers and uh, getting to know each other outside of the group, more people meeting during real life. People used to always post pictures of themselves meeting in real life a lot. And I thought that was really exciting because I got to know these people through the group too. And I was like, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so are meeting like in real life, which was very cool. Um, so I'd like to see more of that and that's all i have for now right yeah maybe some other stuff in the works oh for sure it's always i'm always got stuff going on up there all right perfect (laughs) well uh, hopefully we can get uh you know people gathered around a little bit more and kind of get them away from uh just the keyboards and get them kind of meeting in person that would be really really cool yeah yeah So, well, thanks for your time, uh, Kate. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, do this podcast. And I'm sure everybody at Zoo Creepers is very thankful that you created this group and you've done something uh, pretty amazing with it. So uh, we're very, very lucky to have you. Well, thanks, Kyle. Yeah. All right. I will uh, (laughs) talk to you later. Thank you, Kate. Okay, bye. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for our very first uh, Skype interview. Uh, I'm hoping uh, to be able to do a lot more uh, interview-style podcasts with different professionals uh, from around uh, the zookeeping industry, so please stay tuned for that. If you like the podcast, uh, please like and subscribe. Uh, and as always, if you like our content, well, you can always check us out at wildenrichment.com and at wildenrichment on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you next time.